It's the next level. Warning. The following podcast may contain spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome, Primers, into this issue 138 of the DC Primetime Podcast. From the spotlight here on the Next Level Podcast Network, I am Ben Beck. And from the Caffeine Crew cast of pods, I am Rob Martin. And we are, of course, back with three new episodes to talk about this week, the newest episodes of Supergirl, Arrow, and The Flash. Um... You guys are hearing this on a regular day, but we are actually recording this a couple days early, so if any news drops between now uh, and the time that you're listening to this that we're not mentioning on the podcast, we apologize for that, but I really don't foresee that happening, so I think we're going to be fine. So just pretend that there's more than three news stories we're going to talk about this week. <laughs> yeah, because there's, there's not a lot of news at all. No, uh, and I'm not week. kidding. It is only three. Yeah, ordinarily we re- we record this on a Sunday for you guys to listen to on Monday, which you're going to be hearing at normal time. But uh, I'm actually away this weekend, so we're recording this a day, uh, about a day early, no, two days earlier than we usually do. Are you doing anything fun? Uh, I'm actually going away. Uh, a buddy of mine from college uh, and his brother, at least once a year, we do what's called our hockey weekends, where um, we pick a weekend of the year and we go and travel to sometimes we we've gone to Connecticut, we've gone to New York. This year we're staying somewhat local. We're staying in PA, uh, going to Wilkesboro, Scranton, and Hershey, and we just we pick weekends to go to two or three AHL hockey weekends, and it's basically just a weekend for us to uh, get together, catch up, uh, watch some hockey, eat a lot of horrible food, and just relax for the weekend. Very nice. So that's well, that's what we're doing this weekend. Enjoy. So I plan to. And then next weekend, we're going to be recording slightly early as well. At least that's the plan. We're still trying to work it out because. Uh, yeah. Well, well, yeah. Well, like I said, we'll, we'll leave that be. But yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. So yeah. We'll, ex- just, we'll, we'll skip off, uh, skip over the reasonings on why. So. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. Um, but yeah. So why don't we just get right down to. I was going to say get down to the nitty gritty, but that's stealing things from HQ for many of you guys that play that HQ mobile game. Uh, which I absolutely love. But, uh, yeah, let's get down to business. We've got three episodes to talk about. As I mentioned, the newest episodes of Supergirl, Arrow, and The Flash. So let's start how we usually start with our one of three-point ranking of the episodes, starting first with Supergirl Season 4, Episode 14. Rob, what do you give this one? Sidekick, Hero, or Legend? I'm going to go Legend on this one. I think this was a exceptional episode. Um, and I would say this goes in the runnings for best episodes of the year across everything for the Primer Awards. So. Yeah, uh, I'm right there with you. And you know what? That's a good point. I didn't think about that. But it, it I think it is because I, I, I think we have to pick. We'll probably choose like five 
nominees uh, for for those awards when we get to that. And yeah, uh, between the two episodes of Arrow that we've gotten, and <clears throat> I know there's at least one episode of Flash that's going to be nominated this year. I think when it comes from Supergirl, this is definitely one that might make those nominations because this is a legend for me as well. This was just a super strong episode. And what really blows my mind is I'm looking at the rankings uh, or the ratings on IMDb, uh, and they're only giving it a 7.5. Still falls into uh, High Hero, but I, I think it should be higher. I it's definitely a legend for me. I do, too. I can uh, segue that for you and say I know two episodes that aren't going to be part of that this year uh, for the Primer <laughs> Awards. <laughs> and you know what's funny, too, is IMDb gave those two episodes higher ratings than the Supergirl episode. So Then they have the worst aggregate of all time. They have to. <laughs> they have to. But next up, we have Arrow Season 7, Episode 15, Sidekick, Hero, or Legend from You. I'm going to be slightly nicer this week, but only by 0.5 of a percent uh, or 0.5 of a total scoring. Uh, so I'm going to give it a four. Uh, <laughs> not quite in the sidekick territory, uh, but it's riding that line really the, nice and well. The lowest of heroes from you, sir. The lowest of heroes. Uh, I, wouldn't fe- I would not have felt bad giving it a sidekick, but I feel like I'm I'm in a... Uh, I, I think it did a little bit more to warrant a better score than last week's episode. Uh, you know, I'm I'm right there with you. I gave last week's episode uh, the uh, 4.5, which is a very low hero. This time I'm going maybe a 5.5. Uh, it, it's a low hero for me as well. It, it wasn't as bad as last week, uh, but I still had trouble just kind of keeping up with it and not keeping up with the story, but keeping up as in keeping my attention. Yeah, I was uh, going to say, caring it has been at a... At a low, um, but I, that has nothing to do with the fact that it like, oh, well, Arrow's ending or anything like that. It is more of uh, Arrow's boring, um, and that's really kind of what it's been. Unfortunately, there just hasn't been anything really warranting a, any form of excitement. So. Yeah, I mean, and, and here's the thing, too, and we'll get into this a little bit more when we when we start breaking it down. But uh, we're giving these episodes a lower rating right now. But in all honesty, with the announcement that the show is ending next season, it's only going to be 10 episodes. I have no doubt in my mind these guys are going to try and pull out all the stops and go out on the highest note that they can. Um, and it's going to lead into an, an Crisis on Infinite Earths. I think what we're seeing right now is basically a calm before the storm. Unfortunately, that calm is incredibly boring. I was going to say, I was like, if they can't get 10 episodes right, oh, man, we're in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I just think that calm is incredibly boring right now. So it's a low hero for me as well. But we'll see. I mean, there's still there's still plenty left of this season to till we get to the end. Uh, And last, we have The Flash season five, episode 16, sidekick hero or legend. Mm, I'm going to say this is getting a nice, fat, middling of the road hero um, <laughs> uh, that we, we got. We ended one boring villain for a second boring villain of the same name. <laughs> so um, a little bit more formidable, but still sharing alongside Arrow this week. Kind of a boring episode of The Flash. So um, I'm I'm right there with you, uh, at least in part of that. I agree. We've we've closed out the story of one boring villain to bring in another. I'm not yet sold that this one is going to be boring. Uh, we we're literally just getting an introduction, so I'm giving this one. Uh, it's a middle of the road hero as well. I'm giving it about a six. Um, but I I do feel that there could have been more. Uh, that could have been put into this episode to make it a little bit better. But yeah. I, I am glad that we did finally wrap up that 
at least one chapter of Cicada, uh, but we'll get into that as we as we break the episode down. So let's go back to the beginning, starting with, uh, once again, with Supergirl Season 4, Episode 14, titled Stand and Deliver, between Ben Lockwood's new push to stir up the anti-alien desire, um, uh, anti-alien anti-alien movement and the elite's desire to target Lockwood and his minions. Supergirl is concerned about the safety of the American people, both human and alien. When Lockwood organizes a rally, the aliens decide to peacefully protest. Brainiac and John join the alien march while Supergirl and Dreamer patrol to keep everyone safe. Wow, this is basically the whole episode. Uh, meanwhile, cool. moving on. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, James... In, insert Mad World and uh, a gunshot at the end of the episode and we are done. You know, it's, it's so funny too because I'm not even done. Uh, meanwhile, James picks up his camera again to cover the marcher catco and Haley assigns alex a job that cl- clashes with her beliefs when the elite and ben lockwood stir up trouble at the rally supergirl is first to take a st- forced to take a stand yeah that's pretty much the episode right there I-, I really don't feel like we have to talk about anything and i'm really not kidding um, um i'm i'm glad you brought up uh mad world because in all honesty that was one of my favorite parts of this episode it wasn't just um the ending, it, they, they bookended this episode with two great songs that really set a tone at the time that they put them in. I, I can't remember for the life of me the song that opened the episode, uh, but with the elite just kind of casually coming out of the cafe, uh, I, which is a great song. Again, can't remember. Oh, uh, God, yes. No, damn it. I, it's in my head and it's I, gone. Yeah, I, that's what I mean. Like, I just for some reason, I just I can't remember it. Um, but it was a uh a great uh oh stuck in the middle with you uh was the song that they put in um which really set the tone because that's kind of where the elite they don't want to stand in the middle but that's kind of where they are they're in the middle turning everybody against each other so it's it's a great tonal song to use for them and then mad world at the end uh with its uh somber tone and everything was just fantastic to use at the end of the episode Oh, absolutely. I think that was some of the strongest usages of music I think I've seen uh, in the Arrowverse uh, since them pulling out all the stops for Back in Time at episode 150 of The Flash (laughs) this year. Um, But that's not being talking about this lightly. This is like it's rare that you hear them go crazy with their songs or song usages. And it's funny. We've actually had that done twice on The Flash this year. One of them was I think we had what Dragula from, from yeah White Zombie. Uh, or Rob Zombie, sorry, not White Zombie, uh, <clears throat> this year, and then Back in Time, and then you now these two songs out of this episode. Uh, so it, it's it's kind of surprising that we got that. We're normally not used to seeing those things kind of appear th- those ways in our shows, but um, they they were so fitting in this week's episode, and it was I think it was a great usage of those funds to do it. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, and you're right. I mean, you look at shows, uh, especially when it comes to shows like the CW. They're they're shows that kind of like to, um, and Smallville was a good example of this when Smallville was still on. Smallville used to put out soundtracks. They put out like two or three soundtracks of the series, and they were songs. One or two of them were well-known songs, like songs from Oasis and things like that. But uh, a lot of them were songs for bands that they kind of tried to launch. Uh, using those soundtracks, and CW has been known for that on uh, across all of their shows. So to see Supergirl kind of step it up a little bit and use songs that are well known 
Like uh, kind of pulling from classics, you know? Yeah, exactly. They And it's been a while since I heard Mad World. And the moment that song uh, the started... The Gears of War trailer. <laughs> so, oh, that's right. I forgot. I think the very the, the very first Gears of War video game trailer is I, the last time I heard Mad World. So. I, I See, my brain goes back to like Donnie Darko. Um, because it was a, it was a song used in that film as well. Yeah, I was and, gonna say significantly far far b- before <laughs> yes, years of war. Yes, but. exactly. Uh, yeah. So yeah, so it was a great usage of music from the producers this week when it came to uh, when it came to the series. But outside of that, let's talk a little bit about the story. Again, there's really not a lot more to mention. I was gonna say if you want, you can just repeat the synopsis and then we'll add the one <laughs> bullet point. But up chink. Um, <laughs> well, uh, I, at, the, at the very end of the episode, I, I, one of the things that really crossed my mind when I was watching this episode, there was a question that came to my mind, and I'm kind of hoping maybe you can answer it because for the life of me, my mind is blank about it. We get that moment towards the end with John, and he's really taking that kind of dark approach when it comes to finding. Uh, Manchester Black, uh, because he's gotten away at the end. We see the hat captured. We see Menagerie captured. Uh, the alien is captured as well. They did mention what it is, and I completely forgot what yep. it was again. It's all good. Uh, yeah, it's the alien. But, uh, you know, we see John kind of take a darker path, and he says, I'm going to find you like a manhunter. So is this the first time we've heard John referenced as a manhunter? Um, they, they've gone back all the way from earlier seasons, but they even talked about this again last episode, all these pieces. So, um, so this is several times definitely brought up. Okay. Uh, I, I can definitely tell you last week's episode definitely brought it up before though, too. So, oh, but uh, we've heard, but they've used the term manhunter with John before. Yes. Okay. For some reason that was completely blanking in my head. I could, for the life of me, I could not remember whether or not, because I mean, us as fans, we know the character. We reference him as Martian Manhunter, but for some reason, I just couldn't remember if they ever referenced him in the show as Manhunter. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. No, they have. Uh, and again, not this one that we're talking about, but the week before they did them too. Wow. So, so I'm really just not paying attention that well. It's totally okay. Um, <laughs> Sometimes bad episodes, when you watch stuff concurrently and you get a really good episode, you're just more shocked that you're watching something good. Um, <laughs> yeah. So um, it, it, this, the episode itself is pretty straightforward. I mean, we see, uh, you know, we're, we're seeing uh, Colonel Haley kind of take, I guess, a, be a, a little bit more accepting of Supergirl's help. Again, we see them drop off Menagerie uh, to the DEO with a note that just says, you're welcome uh, with Brainy. We're seeing Brainy taking a stand uh, as hashtag American alien and seeing them, seeing him set up this, this, uh, this march uh, to show that aliens have rights as well. And as we talked about last week, when it came to the satellite, uh, it was going to, Come, it was coming to the point where Supergirl was going to have to pick a side, and that is something she absolutely does this week. Yeah, which was kind of interesting because I wasn't sure if she was going to, if she was going to try to stay riding the line in the middle uh, and try to kind of find a way to promote peace between two sides. And I wasn't sure if that's where they were going or if they were going to say, hey, uh, Supergirl's going to have to choose. And we definitely got an answer this week. She definitely made a stance. So. Yes. Yeah. In that she basically covered her her the the shield on her chest and marched front of the line with uh, with Brainy, with Dreamer and uh, with John in the front of with all the aliens. So uh, now my question to you is: By the end of this whole thing, we see Ben Lockwood kind of uh, step back a little bit. He has this whole it his 
main goal is to go against a congressional act and repeal the Alien Amnesty Act uh, so that all aliens have to be sent home and they can clear Earth of them. Uh, and we do see the Children of Liberty take a stand behind him. And it does, again, and it goes, more thanks to Manchester Black, goes horribly wrong. Uh, a huge riot ensues. And by the end of this, we see Ben kind of take a step back and say, we're, we're going to have congressional meetings about this rather than just automatically repeal it. Uh, which is a step in the right direction for the aliens. Do we think this is them kind of heading towards wrapping up this story? Or is this just kind of putting it on hold for a little while? I think what's going to happen is you're going to see kind of what we saw last week with uh, one of the members of the Children of Liberty, Liberty give it in, uh, get into like Ben Lockwood's head a little bit and kind of like you used to be a leader and now you're just kind of like just willing to just kind of roll over. Uh, and I think you're going to see either he's going to step up as Agent Liberty again, in addition to his role in the White House. Um, and you're going to obviously I don't think we're, we've seen anywhere close to the end of the Children of Liberty at all in this in this season, uh, because I think they're going to continue to play as as vital of as a purpose as people like uh, the elite will. So, OK, so you think maybe when it comes to when it comes to going forward, we're going to see him, uh, I guess, kind of play both sides a little bit. We're going to see him uh, taking the political route and doing things politically the right way, but at the same time, keeping his face hidden and still doing what his main agenda is. He's going to probably orchestrate a lot of things, I think, you know, kind of behind the scenes, the same way that Manchester is. And I think ultimately we're going to end up with a finale again with kind of Ben Lockwood, uh, Manchester Black, and Supergirl, uh, basically part two, is what we're going to see, like similar to what we saw right before the crossover. So I think that's exactly where we're headed. And I, I'm not disappointed about that. I think if that's where this season's going to wrap, I think that's great. But again, we still have Lex coming into the fray next week. We still have the Red Daughter angle to still to be played. Uh, so, so much is to come. And I think that's kind of crazy to think that you have two wild cards unaccounted for in the way that this whole thing's going to go down. Yeah, I mean, and I know looking forward to, you know, the next couple weeks, uh, there's a big focus on Lex for at least the next two, uh, you know, because we have Lex's return next week. And then the week after that is a flashback episode uh, flashing back to uh, what Lex has been doing for the past couple years. So, you know, after that, there's really only a handful of episodes left. So it's very interesting to see how they're going to put all this together because we know the Children of Liberty angle is going to be put on hold for the next two weeks uh, while they focus on Lex. As, you're, as you mentioned, we still have the Red Daughter element that we have to get into. So I don't know. I'm very curious as to how this season is going to wrap. But I, I mean, I, I, I'm going to make a bold prediction, and my guess is Lex has something to do with the Russian Supergirl. Oh, and I, 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 I agree with you. Uh, but in addition to that, I think he's also behind um, supplying uh, Manchester with his tech. So, well, I mean, we did see him get some tech from uh, the Fortress of Solitude this week as well, but we don't know what that tech is. Right. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see that maybe kind of get amped up a little bit more um, coming soon. And I wouldn't be surprised if him and Lex end up kind of teaming up in some way shape or form that so, but i do kind of hope we get more than just two episodes of lex because i feel like it would be great to see him play a little bit stronger of an angle in this plot line uh, i i would love to see if by the end of this season like all the storylines converge and we literally get a 
a shot of Lex Manchester Black and Red Daughter standing together. Oh, that would be fantastic. And I'm not it, gonna lie. <laughs> it's almost like a mini Legion of Doom for uh for Supergirl. Yeah. Um I mean, but I think regardless, I, I you know what? Um I, I'm even if it they have nothing to do with where this season's gonna go and the red daughter angle is just for next year, and that's fine. I'm I'm cool with that too. Because I think Ben Lockwood and Manchester Black are strong enough villains to carry the rest of the season without the need for the other two things. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you on that completely. I'm I'm very happy you know, it it's one of those things that you know, as we've been very high on the Flash and Legends and Legends is on break, so it's not really exactly fair to to lump that into this. But uh out of all these shows that are on currently right now, uh Supergirl's the strongest, in my opinion. Yeah. Um and I think it's also like I said, it's the only one we really feel like we have a grasp on where it's headed. Um and again, we can't account for all parts of it, but I think for the most part, um, we have an idea. And I generally couldn't tell you even where Arrow is on its way to floundering towards next. Um, I couldn't tell you who the big bad really truly is or is going to be for the remainder of The Flash. Um, and Legends is only just it just introduced the concept of the big bad the last time we saw that show um, a couple months ago. Yeah. So. Uh, and I think there's there's so much for those other three shows to prove against Supergirl, which is great to say and continue to say because we're not used to saying that. We're used to saying Supergirl has three episodes to go uh, before the season finale, and I have no idea what their hell they're trying to accomplish. Yeah, that's, and this time that's right. and this time we're like they've knocked it out of the park like coming out of the gate this year, uh, and it continued to give us excellent episode after excellent episode. And so. I know we're only I think 18 days away from Legends returning. Yeah, so it's it's not very far off. We're less than three weeks from Legends coming back, so it's 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 going to be a lot of fun when that show comes back. But yeah, it's like two and change. Yeah, so yeah, because uh, it comes back April one. So yep, April first. So, uh, looking forward to next week. Oh, brother, where art thou? Season four, episode fifteen, and it is the return. Well, uh, it is the day. Well, I, I would hold hold for a second because okay. we haven't talked about the oh, yeah, right. big moment at the very end of the episode. You're you're so. right. Uh, let's bring that up. We you know we get these. Uh, these great moments of, uh, you know, Kara and Dreamer and, and you know, Jimmy all kind of celebrating about, you know, then taking a step back when it comes to the Alien Amnesty Act. And, you know, it's a happy moment for everybody that kind of ends in tragedy with uh, Jimmy Olsen being shot in the back in the offices of CatCo. Mm -hmm. uh, and the question now remains is, <laughs> I feel weird saying it because it almost feels like a Dallas moment. Uh, with who shot Jr. But who shot Jimmy Olsen? Mm -hmm. And any predictions on your end who that person might be? I generally have no idea yet at this point in time. But if I'm going to put any kind of money on it, I'm going to say... Uh, when shot. Ha, I'm just kidding. <laughs> wow, that's I did. Stretched. I did that for, I did, I did that for the pun. Okay. Um, <laughs> oh, I get it. Uh, no, uh, my guess is it has to do with, uh, I'm going to actually say, um, probably what of I'm going to say, you know what? Hmm. I'm going to say what <laughs> Alexis people. Um, I'm making a very bold prediction with mine. Um, I think, oh man, I, I might be, no pun intended, shooting myself in the foot with this one. Um, I think it's Eve Tessmacher. 
that's where my brain was thinking originally at the start. And I'm like, I don't know. And then I was like, maybe they're not. Maybe Otis and Mercy, one of them isn't dead yet. But um, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to I'll join you on that one. Let's let's say because that was my first thought. And it sounded dumb coming out of my mouth. Um, and I was like, yeah, what's gonna, let's pull back for a second. But yeah, I think you're, I think you're right. I think it's going to be Miss Tessmacher as well. I, I think it's, I think it could be Miss, Miss Tessmacher. I mean, um, kind of protecting, protecting Lena's secrets. Yeah. I mean, so, they, there yeah. was that whole conversation with her and Jimmy earlier on about the black budget and, you know, Eve had and a, may, had and maybe not her, maybe not her directly, but her, she gave the order. I wouldn't be surprised. Okay. Yeah. I could see that. It, it's, it's influenced by her. Yeah. So, which, which, yeah, I think that's a strong possibility. And when I sat and thought about it, that was where my mind went was Miss Tessmacher. Yeah. All right. Now looking forward to uh, this coming week's episode of Supergirl. Oh, brother, where art thou? Episode 15. Uh, It is the debut of Supergirl's version of Lex Luthor, John Cryer. And I am, after seeing the promos, man, I'm excited. I'm really, really excited for what he's going to bring to the character. Yeah, no, I'm I'm right there with you. I I think uh, just watching that teaser a couple times, uh, I'm fully on board and fully ready. I don't. I very rarely watch teasers for future episodes, but when I heard that the the teaser for Lex was out there, I watched it and I watched it a couple times because it was it's fantastic. And I think I think people who are still on the fence as to his portrayal of the character or uh, who were against him playing Lex. Just seeing those promos, I think people are going to be very surprised. Yeah, I'm right there with you. So, all right, moving on to our next episode of the week. Do we have to? Uh, uh, no, uh, moving <laughs> on to the Flash, <laughs> season seven, episode fifteen, training day uh, of Arrow. Team Arrow attempts to work with the Star City Police Department, but much to Oliver's frustration, things don't go as planned. Meanwhile, Dinah gets some life-changing news. Uh, so let's just get that right out of the way. We knew that was coming with the scar, you know, with Dinah's throat being slit, uh, and seeing Dinah in the future with the scar across her throat. We very much knew that the news was going to be she was not going to have her canary cry. And it finally comes out this week. Yeah. Um, so big shock. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. N- not re- And by that, we mean not really. Yeah. Uh, we, we've been calling that since we saw the scar across her throat uh, early on this season. Yes. So, uh, really not surprised by that one tiny iota. But I will say I think I was very hopeful in the beginning of the episode because there was a really kind of humorous vignette in the very beginning of the episode before the Arrow title card showed up of them kind of going through like their classes of, you know, how to be a cop. And it was actually kind of amusing. And I'm like, oh, that's that's uh, maybe this will be kind of fun on the way that this plays out. And I was horribly wrong. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, and you know what? I was the same way. Like seeing, you know, seeing Renee putting the gun back to cleaning, you know, taking the gun apart and putting it back together faster than the GCPD. Seeing Oliver, you know, trained so S- much SCPD. more. Uh, what did I say? GC. We're G- not in Gotham. Oh, we're not in Gotham. <laughs> right. Yeah. SCPD. You're right. Uh, you know, seeing Oliver taking down the cops. Uh, you know, it's. It was a lot of fun seeing that and seeing how much more trained than these than the professionals are. Uh, at the same time, though, while I get the humorous aspect of it, it's really not a good portrayal of the of the SCPD. Like, no, it, it made them come across incredibly incompetent. Yes. Uh, when you have a whole bunch of vigilantes and they're like, well, they've been doing it for five years. Yeah, there's a lot of cops on that force have been doing it for 20 to 30. So and who were properly trained before they did it. 
Right. Not just kind of like wung it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I agree while it was, uh, you know, while it was fun to see that little those little things before the episode started. That's the point. It it really made the SCPD look very incompetent. And it made honestly, it made Dino come across as a really in, like uh, just bad captain and who was unable to run a successful, you know, force uh, and Quentin before her and all of the people that have ever held that that role in the city it just it was not a good look and it's it's yes because we have to make the heroes kind of feel like the heroes of it all but it it just um you're right it, it just kind of lets a sour taste in my mouth so yeah no and and again that's that's how i thought about it too as well i want to say and okay i'm going to preface this by saying i apologize to all the felicity fans out there but good god she came off as incredibly annoying this episode i don't know uh, if that was just me no no, no okay not just you but i mean <laughs> but I, I i'm i will not apologize for it she <laughs> she, she generally it felt like because you know what it was it was the awkwardness that curtis used to have on the show to break levity which felicity used to have a long time ago uh, it felt like they tried to shoehorn that back into her character when she's been insufferable for so long. So it just made her come across as obnoxious. And that's what happened. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, there was the moments when she came when she was, you know, when Oliver and Renee, they were getting, uh, you know, reprimanded for going against procedure uh, in stopping the, the pharmaceutical uh, Midas. And, you know, she's kind of standing in the background. And then once the lieutenant walks away and, and such, you know she comes in and just kind of awkwardly comes in and just starts mumbling all these things. And I'm like, good God, just shut up. Like it's not, it's not coming across as funny, at least not to me at all. No, it, it just, it was ill-timed and even the entire like character, uh, all the characters kind of looked at her and like, what, what is your problem? <laughs> <laughs> yes. They exactly. all even gave her that look. And uh, I used to, it's funny thinking about season one and two of that version of the character. It was somebody that I just, thought was great and fun and wonderful and then even season three and then it just every 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 bit since then it's just all i can think of is madeline Kahn from clue and everybody knows that <laughs> that phrase that's coming to my mind and it's just the flames. flames yeah and i i'm just i don't even need to finish it you you can finish it for me in your heads but that's kind of how it's been feeling with her character for for so long and i this is not to talk light of mental illness, but I mean, she seriously feels like she's got like multiple personality disorder or something or she's bipolar or something in the show because like one moment she's just complaining and brooding and, you know, th nothing's all together. And then the next that she's, you know, quirky and upbeat nonstop. And it's there. She has no in between setting. And it seems like there's something wrong with her as a person. Um <laughs> And I, I, I hope that it's not just me seeing this, um, but it doesn't something feels wrong about her character. And I think it's because right now, again, I, I think the best news about the show in the longest time is the fact that it, they, they're wrapping things up next year because they're they're stretching these characters well beyond what these characters can be. And I think that's problematic. And I think, again, this was another great episode to showcase that the idea of them all now as cops just just doesn't work and the next season might as well be arrow in space uh, it's it's, <laughs> it's not far off from that at this point in time um and that's i want to see how, that but that's kind of how it feels like i i am i 
am I wrong about this? No, like, you're, you're not wrong. It's... You're not wrong about it at all. And you know, one of the things that I wanted to bring up about this whole thing, and we're kind of jumping all over the place, but I feel like we're really not because there's not much to talk about. There's there's one thing about this episode that I kind of liked, and they. Uh, what I and but I didn't like about it was the fact that they passed over it so quickly. You and I talked a little bit about that in prep, and we'll we'll mention that towards the end. But you know, when we get to the end of the episode and we see these guys putting their suits back on and and you know doing things their way, and you know we see the cops come in, and we see you know by the end of it they capture Midas, they capture um, you know all the goons and everything that are working for him, and they they get the acid and all that stuff. Um, you know, something, a storyline that they could have been building up to be part of the overlying storyline, they wrapped up in one episode. So now, again, I'm confused as to where the hell this season is going to go past this point. Uh, but, you know, we see, by the end of it, we see Dinah suited up. We see them standing with the police. We see Dinah tell Oliver, thank you for doing, oh no, this is when they're down in the Arrow Cave again, sorry. Uh, we, you know, Dinah says, thank you for doing things our way. And then Oliver says, well, thanks for letting us do things our way. What the hell changed? Like, that's nothing. what I didn't get. Like, Nothing did. You it, guys it did was... nothing different. In all honesty, how is this any different than when Quentin was you know, the head of the force and they were working with the cops all the time? Like, yeah. I generally have no idea. Um, and it was just kind of like the only thing that was different about the end of this is they had Dinah hold up a police badge. And that was it. Yeah, that was it. That was out of my if really if that's all it is, I can go to the grocery store, walk down the toy aisle and get a, a police badge, hit somebody in the knee with a baseball bat and said, it's OK, you're under arrest. Uh, yeah, you know, and that's the <laughs> only thing that that it, was was different was that by the end of the fight scene, they said you're under arrest. You couldn't have let them do that from the beginning. Like nothing changed by the end of this episode. Like there was no ramifications from the mayor, anything. No, it was just it was just kind of like, OK, well, the mayor said I thought about it for a second or it was kind of like, let me think about this for a moment. And instead of her walking away off screen, it was just like, all right, I've thought about this for a second, just a second. OK. And then just left. And I'm like, you have like Mel Pollard, like Mayor Pollard kind of being like this hard ass that wants to shut Oliver down. Why would she suddenly say, OK, sure, why not? Uh, you kids have fun. And I, then and that's that's exactly what it felt like. And it's still uh, the direction in the writing of the season has just can continues to baffle me. I'm, you know what? I, I very rarely do this. I'm changing my ranking. I'm I'm going down. This is getting a three point nine. I'm putting this in sidekick. I'm going to join you. I, I um, really am. I, it's Again, I said I, I said I think I'm going to be nice. You know what? I'm going to take that back. Because <laughs> thinking so. about it all, like I, the more I think about it, now that we're actually talking about everything, I feel like this episode, with the exception of one thing, which we'll talk about in a second, uh, even the stuff that we saw in the flash forward, the flash forward was the quest for the tape recorder. That's all it was. Um, you know, and, and other than the fact of seeing, you know, Mia and William kind of work together a little bit better, there really was no progression. It was literally a story, story to find a tape recorder. That's like legitimately, William bought the tape recorder and they could have ended that scene with here's the $500 and they <laughs> yes. listened to the tape and yes. it, they, they achieved the exact same thing. Yes, That's there it. was nothing to that, to the flash forwards. Absolutely nothing. Add- them showing that William's intelligent and can hack tech. We've already seen that. It's not adding a new layer to anything. Yeah. Um, Mia beat somebody up to take something from a person. We've seen her do that already too. It doesn't matter. Like it, it added no new layers to any of it. 
you could have just, again, go into the black market. Here's the $500 tape recorder. Cool. Thank you guys so much. Have a grand old day. I'll be back tomorrow <laughs> to peruse your beautiful selection of vinyl. And then, you know, listen to the little tape from Felicity, which surprise, surprise, surprise. We knew for the ever and a half that she was not dead. Big shock. We knew about this a couple episodes ago. We knew about this when they said Felicity is dead. And I'm like, wouldn't that be nice? But that's never going to happen. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, uh, and, uh, and we get to suffer through an entire episode of the future next week. How <laughs> how wonderful and grand is that going to be? Well, I'm, can I'm, they go for broke and get three sidekicks? I'm I'm still holding up hope that you know maybe that'll be better with giving them a full episode of Flash Forward. They can do something with it now instead of just a couple minutes here and there. They're gonna uh, need to. They absolutely need to. Yeah, but I mean, with the exception, you know, like I said, with the exception of that one thing we'll talk about in a second, which the episode certainly did not treat it right, but they could still in the future, so I'm not gonna put that down. With the exception of that, the Flash Forward and the whole training ep- montages and everything of what they did this episode was a complete waste of time. Yeah. And I'm I'm lowering my ranking. I'm sorry to all the Arrow fans out there, but putting it into and trust me, if you feel like we're wrong, let us know. Like it, you know, comment on the post of the podcast, send us an email, whatever. Uh we'll we'll gladly indulge it as we always do, but it's just yeah, I I for the first time in a while I'm lowering my ranking. I'm giving this a sidekick. Cool. I, I'm fine. I'm 100% fine with that. I will. <laughs> I, I will. I will meet your 3.9 with another 3.9. Um, <laughs> I figured you would. I will lower mine down to a point one. And again, I, you know what? I I don't feel the need to apologize to anybody in the fan community. Um, again, this is purely in my opinion. And I this is from somebody that has watched these shows week in, week out uh, and all of them. So you're you're. Your level of obse- uh, you know accepting bullshit <laughs> diminishes over time. <laughs> so, yes. and I think that's the problem. And if I, I'm coming off harsher and have been coming off harsher about the show, which I can guarantee you, I know I have because I can even tell you I felt that way. Um, but it's also because I think these shows are not proving, trying to do anything to prove to me that they're competent shows. Um, and you, sometimes you do get lucky and have an awesome episode and. I think Arrow got lucky and had two amazing episodes because they really put the effort into it. And but I mean, like Supergirl shows me that a show that normally I found kind of boring um, can really blow me out of the water when they they put their their best foot forward. Uh, and Arrow, we know can do it, and it's just uh, I, I'm I'm kind of at a loss for words week after week now. The fact that the show continues to just. Dra- kind of like drag its heels until it gets to the finish line and it's 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 some people even made the comment a couple of weeks ago when they made the announcement that it's okay it's time to take it out back behind the barn and shoot it uh-huh. um, and it kind of feels like it's limping along all the way on the way to get there um, and I hope that it can find some momentum and kind of end in a wonderful way and I, I, I think you're right I think they're gonna find the magic formula for next year to give us 10 really fully formed fully fleshed out episodes where they don't have to have any form of filler they can tell a really tight, cohesive story. And I think that's been a problem for these shows. I, you look at Titans and Doom Patrol, they're telling a really concise story that's not wasting its time. And I think that's maybe something that they could sh- consider going in the future with some of these shows. That Do they really have to have 23 episodes? 
So well, I mean, you look at some of the series, you know, that come over from the BBC and and such, you know, that come with shortened seasons and things like that. And you're right that those shows like Doctor Who and and Torchwood and uh, like Sherlock, and all Luther these ones. And, oh my God, yeah. Sherlock's only three episodes, but it's three episodes <laughs> that are each like an hour and a half to sometimes two hours, and it, they give it enough time to breathe and do its thing and do it exactly what it needs to do. Yeah, we're all going to be talking about Game of Thrones in two weeks. Um, and it's not going to just be us talking about it. It's going to be the world talking about it. And HBO said, we understand it's important. That's why the last two episodes are like 80 some minutes each. Uh, and they have varying times of 39 minutes, some of them up to, again, 80. And they know that it has to accomplish certain things. And I think CW, I think I wish they didn't get they weren't a network that had to kind of follow these these kind of outdated models. Uh, and they could tell a more cohesive storyline. But you know what? It's just a matter of when uh, well, I mean, not, that will break away. But I mean, not only that, you look at shows like on Netflix and things like that. Netflix series run for at the most 15 episodes. You know, they're still so much shorter than what we get on network television. So uh, it, you're, uh, I'm, I'm really hopeful for next season with those shortened episodes that we're going to get that stronger, that stronger season. Um, but there are still two more things that we have to mention for Arrow before we, we wrap it up and we start talking about next week and move, move on to The Flash. Uh, and, and you know what? When it comes to feedback for the episodes online, uh, our buddy Paul said, now that the Arrow team can fight alongside the cops while wearing their threads, expecting soon that uh, GA will get a red phone that lights up when the commissioner calls. Uh, maybe we'll see Green Arrow and team fight during the day. That You know, that's a good point. They never fight during the day. It's always yeah. at night. Uh, but Matt Marble, another listener, uh, just pasted, posted, uh, find out who killed Diaz or found out who killed Diaz. Yeah, that's pretty much the highlight of the episode, and we found out uh, in like thirty seconds. And when again, it's it could be not even true. So, well, no, I think we find out by the end of the episode. It's pretty true because Emiko's not denying it. When mm -hmm. when Kate, when Laurel Lance is confronting her about it, uh, Emiko is not denying it at all, and it can, we know it makes sense because of the fact that we saw her and um, oh god, who's the um. The one we Adrian met. Paul, Adrian Paul's character, yeah, what's Dante? It? Dante, that's yeah. it. We we know that they're in cahoots with each other, so it makes sense that that could be absolutely true. So I believe it. I I think it's an interesting twist on the Emiko character. I, I mean, it's very very possible. So, but I also wouldn't be surprised for them to be like, oh well, actually, there's a third sister that we don't know <laughs> about yet. That's also Green Arrow. So. I would not put it over the show at this point in time. So Maybe. That's all good. Maybe. <laughs> so. uh, but the one thing I kept mentioning to, I kept alluding to, is, you know, it became clear last week in last week's episode that Connor Hawk was the adopted son of John Diggle. And we have found out this week who his real father is. And that is uh, Ben Turner, a.k.a. Bronze Tiger. Yeah, and it's uh, it's going to be interesting because they didn't really do much with it this week. It, all it was was Laurel bringing his son to to see him, uh, him calling him Connor, my my little hawk. So his last name's not Hawk. It's probably just the last name he adapted when for the future. Um, but it, it is going to be interesting to see how this plays out. I I think it's it's almost undeniable that uh, Bronze Tiger is going to bite the bullet at some point. Uh, we just don't know when. I think that's the high probability right now is that yeah, they're going to kill him off. Yeah, most likely. 
So, which is a shame because he was one of the few things about the season that I thought that was actually really enjoyable. Um, like so. he was one of the highlights in, in Slapside Redemption, which is one of our favorite episodes of the season so far. Uh, one of my favorite episodes of Arrow so. of, of the series, yeah, yeah. So it's yeah, I, I it's gonna suck because I wish they could have done more with his character if they killed him off. But, um, you know, it makes sense that this would be something that John Diggle would. I, I think. If it is the case that he is killed off, I, I think it most likely will be in a sacrificial way. Uh, because why else would John want to take care of his son? Yeah, I, I think no. he's going to want to do the right thing by taking care of his son. And I think it's because he's going to go out in a blaze of glory. I, I think so. He's going to do something massive. Uh, you know, We'll see him released before season's end. And I think he'll take a bullet for Team Arrow. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, looking forward to next week. Uh, you mentioned this a little bit already, but we have Star City 2040, which is the whole episode in the future. Uh, Mia with Mia and William going on a dangerous mission, probably to try and rescue Felicity, as Felicity told them in the recording not to do. So, but it's uh, we'll see. Hopefully, they can pull their shit together, man, and put give us a good episode next week. I, I, my odds against them are high. <laughs> if they can do it, you know what? I'm going to go in with as low expectations as humanly possible. So if I give it a legend, that really means it got like a like a four. <laughs> so, well, considering the last two episodes, this week and last week, I've gotten sidekicks from you. I think that's a good... <laughs> I think you're automatically going in with low expectations. I went into low expectations this week, and I still gave it a sidekick. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll we'll see uh, if they can pull it off this coming week with that. I'm trying, away. guys. I'm really trying. Arrow fans, please don't send me hate mail. <laughs> <laughs> but if you need to, please send it to uh, you know bendbeck at nextlevelnetwork.com. That's not my real email, so you can send it to that all you want. I know. I, I won't give the other one. I won't give. Oh the no, other it's one. it's just Ben at nextlevelradioonline.com. But still, there you go. See, he, see, he gave it for you guys. You can just send. Send it all there. All right, let's move on to The Flash. Uh, season 5, episode 16, Failure is an Orphan. With the metahuman cure ready to use, Barry and team figure out a way to convince Cicada to take it. Killer, Fro Killer Frost steps in with... Steps in... God, I'm stumbling. Uh, Killer Frost steps in to help with the plan, and Joe eases back in uh, back into work. So, as we mentioned kind of at the top, this is a... Um, uh, we, we call him Uncle Dwyer. His name's Orlin. God, it's so <laughs> ridiculous. Uh, oh, it's all good. Our mistake. Um, that well, was... Uncle Dwyer is right for for Zoe. Uh, for Zoe is the little girl or Grace? Grace. Grace. Yeah. Grace. <laughs> Zoe's like, what Arrow. Zoe's Renee's daughter on Arrow. That's right. I was just like, where am I getting Zoe? And I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. Well, because uh, yeah, because during prep, you and I were calling him like you know we were calling him Uncle Dwyer. Like, no, it's Uncle Orlin. Uh, yeah, but it's, you know, as you mentioned during the prep or during the beginning of the episode, we do finally see a wrap up to the Cicada storyline. Uh, and that is, as Barry promised last week, they were going to offer him the, the cure. And initially he does turn it down. He doesn't give a damn about his legacy. Uh, not one bit. And, uh, I'm glad that they did that initially, uh, because I think it played out better that in order to reach him you had to use grace mm -hmm. i think that was the only way you could have gone i think it would have under diminished his whole um what drives him to to destroy metas uh, would be to just make him want to be a natural a better person on his own um because then his entire mission has been for nothing 
at that point. Yeah, I think you have to use grace. Uh, so I, th- I, I like that they actually did that with his character and had him say, no, I don't give a damn about myself, but then bring in grace. Now you give him a reason to want to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, I, I, I think they had some fun this week with, you know, having like Nora kind of trying to go through all the old audio logs to try to create the like, what's the best flash speech to kind of get somebody to kind of, you know, flip hero, um, which I thought that was kind of a, an amusing kind of little piece, but really didn't accomplish much. No. Uh, again, I, I think really what boiled down to it was we got an epic Papa Joe and Barry speech again, you know, which was great. Uh, it's it's nice. I love the fact that since Jesse L has been back, they've been taking advantage of the Papa Joe moments. And I'm like, yay, I miss these in the flash. Yes. But, and they're giving uh, us. Yeah, exactly. They're giving us what we what we've been missing for a while. And they're kind of putting it on heavy handed. But you know what? I, I don't care. Uh, I, don't, I, I don't care I, one bit. It, it was one of the original pieces that made the show so much fun in the past. And while it kind of feels like a little bit of going back to the well, and as you put it, being a little heavy handed, it, it's still it's a welcomed addition because it was it was that piece that was missing for so long. Uh, so happy to see them there in some shape and form. So. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and, you know, one of the things that we've mentioned uh, numerous times, I know at least I have, too, is, you know, when it comes to the heart of the show, there are two hearts to the show, in my opinion. Uh, and neither one of them, as much as I love him, neither one of them is Grant. I think Grant is a big part of the show and he's a driving force of the driving force of the show. But the hearts of the show to me are Kavanaugh and Martin. I mean, oh, yeah, they are the heart and soul of the show. Yeah, they have been for a quite quite a long time. And I think the show's in trouble if they lose both of them. Oh, my God. Um, yes. I mean, a, you know, Kavanaugh, very possible next year that that could that could be the end of that. But, well, you know, it's a big wait and see. Um, again, it's been rumor and speculation all all you want. I, I think that we'll have a better idea next year. So. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, you know, bring on the, the heavy handed Joe, Uncle Joe or Papa Joe stuff all you want. I don't care. I love every second of it. Every second of it. Now, I have a... uh, I didn't really have any major negatives about the episode. I gave it um, around a six in the hero uh, on our scale because while I I didn't have any negative things about it, there really wasn't anything about the episode that blew me away. I mean, we, we do get a big reveal at the end. But the big reveal was something we kind of predicted weeks ago. So it, it wasn't a huge surprise. Uh, but I do have one negative I want to bring up. And I want to okay. see, see if you picked up on this and maybe I'm looking at things the wrong way. And I want to start it with a question. Cecile having the ability to read minds. Mm-hmm. She is a metahuman now, is she not? Uh, yes. So if that's the case... When they had Orlin in the operating room and Barry didn't have his abilities because he was still connected to that dagger, how was Cecile still able to feel his rage? Because if Barry didn't have his powers, why did she? Um, I don't know. Uh, it could be, again, they were not in the same room. They were. They were both behind no, glass they were. together. Oh, I don't know. I think that was a mistake on the writers. I think they probably if I, Barry's. I, I, I paid it no attention in all honesty. So if, if Barry's powers were suppressed because you saw he he did the hand thing after the, the light went out on the dagger. But before, while that dagger was still lit before that happened, Cecile was able to feel his rage. 
So either that was a mistake on the writers or Cecile is not a meta. Yeah, I was, it's, it's just a continuity error. Yeah. So. But again, I, I, I didn't really have any other negatives other than that. And that's something mm-hmm. very easy to, yeah. to gloss over. Yeah. So I, 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 I didn't even pay it a single cent of a uh, second of attention in all honesty i didn't even think about it so okay that that was it was just something that i noticed that's all Mm -hmm. oh yeah totally um what else about that i'm 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 at a loss to as to what kind of as to what we can kind of bring up because i think really the only big thing too is the nora secret is kind of dragon i I think they they really just just it needs to just get out there at this point in time and it does like next week it is official this week coming. I think it's this week coming. Um, at, at least that's what I'm reading is that I thought it was supposed to be this week, actually, uh, this past week, this current episode we're talking about. But I think it's going to be next week now, okay. or this uh, this coming episode. I really, really hope so, because I, I ugh, it's it, they just need to get on with it. <laughs> that's um, that's all my brain can think is they just need to take that step so we can stop hovering over this. That's the one thing I thought the flash always used to do really well is they didn't dwell on things. And this season has been nothing but dwelling on things that I think they just needed to get past. And I, you know what, at this point in time, it needs to just come out that, that part of the plot thread needs to start getting pulled together. Cause we saw the clock tick down again for Thawne and it, he's down to like 18 minutes and change. Um, so I want to see what what is to come from there. Like I know we're going to be talking about like Godspeed and all this stuff very soon. So how does that play off shortly? How are they going to do all that stuff? And you know, like we got that tease in the beginning of the episode that you know Thon's kind of like, well, something else is still coming, you know. And I was like, oh, it's going to be Godspeed. And I'm like, nope, it's Cicada Part Two. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, can we make be make Godspeed more more important? Because that would be nice. We'll see. Um, and here's my thing. Here's my thoughts on Godspeed. And it's rather unfortunate is I think Godspeed is going to be a one and done. Um, I think Godspeed is basically going to be a look to the future. I, I think so, too. I think that's all it's going to be. And I think that that's really all we're going to get from it. I mean, yeah. maybe it'll play into something next year. It's very possible, but um, it really could be anything. And I am. I would not I would not be surprised if it's a one and done, unfortunately. And I think that's a character that should not be a one and done. But I think you're right i think that's what we're gonna get i think we're basically just gonna get a look to the future um maybe even a full episode in the future kind of what they're doing with arrow and i think godspeed's gonna be the the highlight of that episode and then that's gonna be it for what's very possible and i would not be surprised as well if maybe we go to the flash museum and we're just gonna see the godspeed suit yeah um and it's kind of like the tease of you know when abracadabra came around in season three and they mentioned oh devoe and you're like devoe interesting and you're like oh you know they they bring up all these little pieces and you're like oh cool we're gonna get devoe's now gonna be this season and then we watch that play out and we're like this is really awesome and then you're like this is going on far too long and they need to stop (laughs) (laughs) um so it's 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 that question of how are they gonna play it off so yeah exactly um so maybe if that means Godspeed will be something for next year. And uh, that would be fine because you know what? We had two non-speedster villain years and they're ending up being the ones that are not quite as enjoyable. So uh, I know everybody was a little kind of just burned out on having speedster bad guys three years running. But you know what? I'm okay with going back to the well at this point, I think, uh, for next year. So why not? I I think there's nothing wrong with 
with with tapping that because they could get the chance to play with that concept a little bit more so yeah i mean and as of right now the question still stands i mean there's only seven episodes left of the season uh i can't believe we're actually this far into the season already to be completely honest with you but uh you know with this coming episode there's only seven episodes left and we still the question is still in the air as to who is the big bad of the season you know it cicada uh which we're finding out is now not that we know for sure is now not the case because uh, Orland Dwyer no longer has his metahuman abilities. We're now getting Grace as Cicada Part 2, uh, but we also have the possibility, as we've been predicting for a while, that the big bad could be uh, Eobard. And it's, and it's a matter thinking, of how it's going to play out. I think more and more and more, I'm pretty certain that that's not going to be the case, and that's going to be more our tease for next year um, yeah. for things to come. And I think really our, our Cicada Part 2, because it happened now, um, is really our big bad. It's going to be Grace is the big bad. Um, and but, but take that for what you will. But I think that's where where we're stuck. I, so. I think the I, I think the Eobard stuff, I think you're absolutely right. I think it's a tease for next season. I think if any if nothing else, his plan right now currently is to kind of uh, I think he knows about crisis and I think his he is overlaying plans to make it happen earlier. And I think that's what they're going to use for Crisis to happen before it was originally scheduled in the newspaper article. Yeah, um, because we saw, because them stopping Dwyer, that time's kind of changing. Yep. And there was a new future trying to overwrite what was existing. Um, and I think we're going to see that continue to play off. But uh, because I bring up that newspaper that we see there, uh, I would be remiss to not bring up the fact that we get a great nod to two DC characters, Anthro the First Boy and Commandy the Last, uh, which was really cool to hear um, Thawne kind of bring up those D- classic DC characters. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. So, but again, just a just a passing drop in the hat. So, Which sometimes those are the best ones. I mean, yeah. you don't have to read anything into them. It's just like, hey, that was kind of cool that they got a mention. Yeah, totally. So, I mean, same thing with uh, what was it when Barry went to Earth 2 and you saw the telephone? Yeah, uh, you know, yeah. with Bruce and and Aquaman and uh, and Arthur and all the names on the on the phone, which was a lot of fun. Yeah, Clark and all that, and, and, and Diana, hey, and yeah, yeah, and we got one of them. <laughs> so, I know. And we got we got one of them, and then we got a nod to Themyscira, and then we got a nod to Batman ex- his existence. So, at least <sighs> on that Earth, yeah, on that Earth. Yes. Well, no, I'm talking saying Batman's existence on this. Oh, earth. that's right, that's right. Yeah. It, it is in this Earth from Batwoman. He yeah. just is has completely up and left Gotham City. Yep, he said peace out. <laughs> exactly. Peace out, Cub Scouts. Yeah, and that that was that. So, um, other than that, I really don't know. I mean, we did see the um, uh, the other thing that we did see this week is the demise of uh the nurse that was helping um Doctor Ambrose. Yep. That that has been helping Orlin for a while, and it's Grace is the one that, that kind of kills her off. So the, I think the only question that remains now, and I've seen a bunch of theories, to me, I think the only obvious theory is this is obviously a Grace from the future. She's somehow come from the past to, to finish or to complete her, her father's work. Come from the uh, Come from the future to come back to the past. I yes, <laughs> it's confusing. Yeah. Um, I just feel like there needs to be a great Scott. In you're there you're just not thinking fourth dimension. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That's a better line. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've seen theories in that this is grace that suddenly grew up because of her metahuman ability. I don't believe that at all. No, she's from Nora's timeline because she's a, the, 
big hero essentially of the season. So why not go up against somebody from her timeline? So it makes a lot more sense. But the question is now, how did she get there? So because or because Eobard is locked up, so Eobard couldn't have run her to the past. Um, Nora didn't do it because he was because she's been in the present the whole time. So maybe this is maybe Godspeed has a hand in it. And that's what I was about to say, too, is maybe Godspeed isn't just a quick throwaway and maybe it has a tie to how Grace is around. So that's a wait and see. Yep. So uh, anything else for this episode before we we mention next week and we kind of start to wrap things up? Nope. All right. Uh, so next, uh, this coming week's episode, episode 15, uh, Time Bomb, Team Flash finds out that suburban mom, Vicky Bolin, is in danger. They race to save her. They discover she's a meta, and Barry encourages Vicky to share a secret with her family. Uh, the only other thing I want to do before we, we wrap things up is uh, I just I just want to mention um, – uh, Shad left us feedback on the Facebook page and he said, oh, he said, I'm pretty sure Orland Dwyer was a big fan of Christian Bale as Batman, <laughs> <laughs> which, which is pretty spot on. And then he said also with that plot twist and he posted the meme of Robert Downey Jr. kind of rolling his eyes in the back of his head, <laughs> which is also pretty spot on. Again, we we mentioned that was probably the case a couple weeks ago and it just happened to play out that way. So Yep. At least it's not just us that are kind of unimpressed. So. Yes, that's true. Uh with that being said, I know there's only a very small number of news stories, so why don't we just get them knocked out of the way? All right, jumping into some Titan Season 2 info. We got more casting, and that is... I'm probably not going to pronunci- uh, pronounce this... Pronunciate this, yeah. <laughs> pronounce <laughs> this correctly. But We talk good. We, yeah. So, Asai Morales. Asai Morales, been... you got it right. Okay, I did? Okay. I wasn't sure if that was proper. Uh, so Asai Morales has been cast as none other than Slade Wilson, a.k.a. Deathstroke, the Terminator in season two, which is pretty awesome because we also know we're going to get a Lex Luthor as well. Yep. Um, so as Titans is wrapping or not wrapping up, shaping up. Yes, those <laughs> words uh, to sound like it's going to be that much, much cooler than uh, this past year, which was already a great year. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do with Deathstroke. So. I think it's um I think it's pretty safe to say that um, Warner Brothers is kind of has kind of been saying like what they did with Joe Manganiello and uh, Jesse Eisenberg at the end of Justice League. They're kind of like, all right, well, you know, we're not going to be using these characters for a while. So go ahead and have your hand at it. Yeah, pretty much. I think that's kind of the message they're given. I apologize. My throat's a little scratchy, so. No, no harm, uh-uh. no foul. Um, next, we found out a little bit about Batwoman. Is that we found out the pilot is going to take place before this past year's crossover of the Elseworlds crossover when we first see her. So we're going to see a little bit more about how she became to be the traditional Kate Kane kicking ass as Batwoman. But apparently, so, yeah, I think it's it's still gonna it's gonna take place before the crossover, but I think still after Bruce has left Gotham. Yes, so I think that's what we're going to get, but it, we're, we're not sure if that means we're going to probably get episode two is going to be the time jump post Elseworlds, which is my guess. Uh, it's going to make the most sense, especially with Crisis happening next year. They're going to want her to be included. So just expect the pilot to take place beforehand, and then at the end of it, they'll say, now, you know, whatever it is. <laughs> yes, yeah. All right. Meanwhile... <clears throat> 
Uh, yeah, speaking of meanwhile, um, <laughs> over at the Halls of Justice, we see Batman kick ass with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, um, so if you haven't had an opportunity yet, please go over to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash DC Primetime, where you can check and follow the links to check out the first trailer for Batman versus the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So I'm very excited to see what is going to come from that. Um, I don't know if we actually do we have a date for that yet? Uh, I you know what? I actually had it looked up before and I think there is it's this summer, I believe. Uh, no, I think it's spring, actually. Oh, OK. It is the spring. OK, it's I, I actually it was... it's it's the release date is March 31st. It's this month. Ooh. so we may get to review that sooner than later. Yes. So that's fantastic. Well, cool. Uh, so, yeah, I, I thought it was relatively soon. I'm like, would they release a trailer this late? And I'm like, yeah, they would. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll be seeing that very soon. But um, it, it's a very great look. And it looks like we're going to see a a mutated Joker by the end of this film from that trailer. With, which, with uh, ooze from TCRI, which, oh, God, I geeked out so hard. Yeah, I'm looking <laughs> forward to seeing this play out. But it looked fantastic. The voice cast looked great. And I can't wait to see this play out. Yes, so. me too. Uh, but that's it for the news this week. Yeah, not a lot, as you mentioned. Um, uh, the uh, the only other thing I want to make mention before we do our recommendations, and this is off the DC books. Um, today is also the day that uh, Marvel released the final Avengers Endgame trailer. And I was going to pose the question to you, sir. Have you seen it yet? I have. Uh, I have watched it about ten times. I've watched it once. And I honestly cannot wait for i will see it when i see it i know i know how you feel about the whole thing um you're still Uh, you're still a little tainted from the fact that uh infinity war was spoiled for you before you got the chance to see it which is understandable not even that um i think even just in general um i've kind of bowed out of um superhero movies for the most part (laughs) i think at this point in time um i think between getting kind of not burned by the dc extended universe and you know, in general, I, I think um, it felt like every time I was going to the movie theaters, I was going to see a superhero film. And I think I was just getting so kind of tired of knockdown, drag out CGI spectacles that I kind of lost what was fun about going to the movies. And I think that was something that I, I as time has progressed, uh, you know, I've, I've found that the further I stay away from them and watch them when I'm, I'm feeling like I need to watch them or when I feel like I'm ready to watch them, I'm gaining more appreciation for it. Because I can tell you this, I just watched Into the Spider-Verse for the first time yesterday. And your thoughts? Uh, I absolutely adored it. But I think if I went and saw it in the theater, um, uh, because it was just kind of getting that pressure of, oh my God, it's the best thing ever, it's the best thing ever. Now that nobody's talking about it anymore and I got to kind of, kind of put everybody else's kind of pressure to enjoy it and allow it to be the best thing since sliced bread. Uh, I was able to form my own opinion without feeling like I needed to have everybody the same opinion as everybody else. Okay. And I walked away from it and I think enjoying it thoroughly more than anticipated. So you think, um, you think maybe giving um end game a little bit of time before you actually get the chance to see it and kind of letting the hype settle down slightly before you watch it might help you. Oh, yeah. I mean, granted, at that point in time, like because it's going to be out for five minutes while I'm not in the country, uh, I will, of course, know everything that happens in that movie before I even, (laughs) you know, land my plane lands. So um, so I think regardless, I'm really just kind of happy that this phase of Marvel's coming to a close um, because it's asking a lot of anybody to mentally keep up with like, what, 20 some movies. 
um, or 18 or whatever it may be. But I'm, I'm kind of just at that point. Like, I haven't seen probably the last... Ugh, where did I get off the train? Uh, about six episodes ago, or six movies ago um, is when I kind of just stopped seeing them in the theater, with the exception of Endgame. Or not Endgame, uh, Infinity War. Um, but I skipped Homecoming in the theater. I skipped, um, you know, uh, the last two Thor movies from the theater. You know, I skipped Doctor Strange. I skipped Black Panther, uh, Ant-Man and Ant-Man and the Wasp, uh, you know, all of those. And I eventually just picked up when I got an opportunity to and watched them. And I still have to watch Ant-Man and the Wasp. But, um, I, you know, I'll, I'll catch it when I catch it. And same thing with Captain Marvel. I know a lot of people thoroughly thoroughly enjoying it and i think that's fantastic and i'm really happy people are enjoying comic book movies still um i'm just ready for new things uh i, I think i'm just ready for uh, a new kind of genre to kind of take over for me for a little while I, that's completely understandable i mean it's one mm-hmm. of the reasons why i think we praised uh ready player one so highly it was because it while it was an adaptation of a book that had already been out uh, as far as movies go it was something different and yeah you know even it was even different from the book so, you know, we went into it not knowing what to expect and while still knowing what to expect, uh, but it was a break. It was a change from everything else that we were getting. And I think that's a good reason why sometimes like independent films and such are kind of um, uh, need to be taken a little bit more seriously because they are more original and, and such. So while I loved Captain Marvel, uh, I've seen it twice already. I'll probably end up seeing it again. Uh, and I really can't wait for Endgame. I, I think you're right. I think after Endgame, I kind of might be cooling my jets when it comes to the Marvel Universe. I mean, I think for me, like, I, I think about it this way. Like, when I'm in Iceland, uh, the only thing I'm going to essentially ask you uh, of you as a as a friend and co-host is uh, when I'm in Iceland with, with a couple of other friends that um, just just upload Game of Thrones to my Google Drive so I can watch it while I'm over there because that is something I'm more concerned about having spoiled <laughs> than, than I am about Endgame. And you know I will happily do that for you, sir. So, so it's, it's not a but question. I, I, I mean, I think for me, I think for me, I think storytelling that has happened on TV now um, is seriously overriding um, the the blockbusterness of films for me um and i think it's i'm getting so much more from things like umbrella academy and all these other things that are happening um doom patrol all these pieces and i'm like you know what i i want to get my slices of entertainment there and it's been a while since i've i can say i've been to a movie uh in the theater that i walked away from and i was just thoroughly uh, just blown away by i think the last time that happened was solo so Okay, no, it's it's fair enough, and and I mm-hmm. I agree with you when it comes to the television aspects of it. Uh, it's just that when it comes to Marvel stuff, I'm I'm committed at this point. Oh yeah, until the and end think, of this story. I think so many people are, regardless, and I think that's awesome that they managed to pull off this feat, and I commend them for having ten years of some of the biggest box, uh, bo- you know, box office just, you know, this income, you know, points that most studios have ever had. I apologize. My voice keeps seizing. So if I keep having weird pauses, um, but no, I think it's amazing that they've had 10 years of blockbusters and they've made people care about comics in a a brand new way. And it's, it's brought, you know, Marvel essentially out of ruin almost for the most part, uh, into becoming such a massive household name again. And I love every ounce of that. I think if there's an opportunity for comics to thrive even longer, and it's because of this, yeah, you know, more power to it. That makes me incredibly excited. Same way with, you know, 
CW and the DC shows uh, here and now with DC Universe and all these things. I think that's fantastic. Um, I just feel like I'm at a point where I'm kind of like, okay, cool. Um, you, you guys do you. I'm going to go over <laughs> here and I'm going to watch Bad Times at the El Royale. <laughs> so, oh, God, I love that movie so much. Uh, I haven't watched it yet, but I was throwing out a good <laughs> a good one. You should so, watch it. That's a fantastic I, movie. I, I, I'm definitely interested because it looked cool. And it's so. got Thor in it. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's... Um, on top of that, though, uh, I'm still really excited for Shazam, for Shazam though, too. Uh, yeah, so. I mean, I, again, uh, you know, I'm sure you and I will get an opportunity to see that together at some point. Yep. Um, and, you know, honestly, one of the I, I can tell you right now, my top four movies for this year, um, episode nine. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> so um, <laughs> after the new Aladdin trailer, I'm willing to give that one a shot. I am, it, too. I am, it too. It looks, I'll admit it. It looked Pretty awesome. Detective Pikachu, which I never thought I'd say. <laughs> yeah. And uh, The Lion King, um, because those are all this year, so which is crazy to think. Um, and yeah, I, I'm, I'm, and it's it's kind of great to say all four of those movies are not comic book movies. And I think I'm actually going to see every one of those in the theater. So Still, I mean, not comic book movies, and with the exception of Detective Pikachu, still sequels or remakes, though. So... Um... You know, it, it's it like I can go back to last year, like Bad Times at the Royale, which you mentioned was one of my favorite movies of last year. The year before that, Baby Driver was one of my favorite movies of the year. So I love the original stuff that comes out, especially when it's really good. But I'm not knocking the sequels and the remakes either, because if they're done well, they're still fantastic movies. Oh, yeah. No, don't get me wrong. And I think for me, what it really boils down to is I can tell you last year, I probably went to a whopping total of four movies in the theater. So... Um, if those are my four movies for this year in the theater, not including DC things that we watch for this show, um, then I'm doing really good. (laughs) So, because it's rare that I actually get get an opportunity to go out and actually check out things. I used to be very similar to you where I'd go out and just give anything a a, a shot that looked awesome and cool. Uh, and just, it unfortunately has not been the case this past couple of years. Yeah. So. I'm, I'm still a big fan of the movie theater experience, man. Like I don't get me wrong. I have a huge movie library on my computer that I share with a lot of people. Um, but if I get an opportunity to see something in theaters, I usually do it just because I'm still a fan of going to see movies in theaters. Cause I just, oh, yeah. I just uh, think it's a great experience. Oh, I, I am. I'm very much am too. And I think it's just, it's waiting for that next thing. Um, that's going to be something wholly unique and different and exciting. So. Well, there are some theaters in the area that already are starting to do 4d stuff. And I don't know how I feel about getting sprayed in the face with water while I'm watching a movie, but I'm willing <laughs> to try it just to see what it's like. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, So with that being said, let's throw out a couple recommendations and then we'll knock out some cheap plugs and get out of here for the week. Uh, I'll turn it over to you, sir. Do you have any recommendations for the week? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I will actually I would actually say, you know what, Um, because I believe it came out on digital on demand. um, If you haven't watched it yet, I will actually say uh, Into the Spider-Verse was well worth um, all of the hype it received, and I, I would probably put it in my top five comic book movies of all time. Oh, so. cool. That's that's mm-hmm. uh, that's high praise. It your, is. Your wife would hate that impression. Because <laughs> uh, that's a Nick Cage impression. But uh, actually, no, it's an Andy Samberg. It's an impression of Andy Samberg impersonating Nicolas Cage. Still funny. Um, <laughs> but uh, so my recommendation for this week is actually a television show that I've been going back and rewatching and I've recommended to you because uh, I know you never watched it, but with Shazam coming out, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of Zachary Levi and I've been rewatching the TV show Chuck. 
which I, I still hold to this day as one of my top five favorite television shows ever. That's of like sitcoms, of dramas. That includes Game of Thrones, Walking Dead. Like it's Chuck still to this day is in my top five favorite television shows of all time. I'm currently rewatching. It was five seasons. I'm in season two. Uh, and the show still is just as great watching it again. And it's been a while since I've watched it. But there's been already just in season two, there's so many guest stars that appear, um, you know, from um, I'm trying to think Jordana Brewster, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, uh, Lauren Cohan from Walking Dead was on it for a while. Timothy Dalton. There's just so many special guest stars that appear throughout the show. Um and just with the cast of Zach Levi, Adam Baldwin, and uh, Avon Strahovski, it's just, it's fantastic. So I'm still encouraging you, sir, if you get the chance to start it. Uh, that, maybe it it'll, maybe that'll be something soon. Um, we are currently floundering looking for a new show, and that might, maybe that will be the case. It's really going to depend on how that first episode is. Uh, or actually, not even that. It, the first 10 minutes. That is the litmus test in my house. Really? Um, yes. Is that your litmus test or your wife's litmus test? That's my wife's witness test. <laughs> <laughs> so they figured because I I give anything three episodes. That's um, that's always my policy. Uh, I mean, honestly, like I said, I to, to get me fully invested, um, I would say I agree on the te the ten minute. It has to do ha has to catch me in the first ten minutes to say, am I willing to give this my undivided attention or is this a background show? Um, and that's really, I think, the big question for me is is this an undivided attention show like White Collar was or is it a background show like Psych? So. Okay. Well, I, um, I still encourage you and anybody else who has not had a chance to check it out to check it out. Will do. Uh, you know, I will I will keep my eyes peeled on that one. Good. So, uh, so cheap plugs, and we'll get out of here. Uh, as always, you can follow this podcast as well as all other podcasts uh, as part of the Next Level Podcast Network at thenextlevelnetwork.com or on facebook.com slash thenextlevelnetwork. And, of course, last but not least, you can uh, we encourage you to leave feedback for us and follow us on Facebook if you don't already, facebook.com slash dcprimetime. And as always, you can find me at thenextlevelnetwork.com through the Caffeine Crew cast of pods. Our new episode, episode number 52, is online for your listening pleasure. Uh, in case you have the episode subscribed and you're getting episode 51, you will have to unsubscribe and resubscribe. Unfortunately, if you're using a couple programs, I think iTunes, you just need to refresh the feed. Uh, uh, I know a couple, couple of you mentioned that there were some issues with that, and it, that has been fixed. So. Yeah, and I know like my my app, I use Podcast Addict. Uh, for example, with that, you don't have to unsubscribe and resubscribe. You can. That's probably the quickest way. But if you go into the podcast itself, there is an option to refresh from RSS. Uh, just do that, and it'll it'll fix the problem as well. Yep. But uh, if you haven't checked that out yet, that is cartoons of the 80s and 90s. And Ben, you were a part of that episode. I was. And unfortunately, it sounds like your mic was off for that entire episode. Are you kidding? Because uh, you're in an echo chamber, but everybody else is loud and clear. <laughs> so... Um, uh, oh, okay. <laughs> so, but it's all good. You can still hear you because of my mic and Cat's mic. Oh, so. right, good. Okay. <laughs> um, so, but yeah. Uh, but it's okay. We're, we're, we're still hammering out <laughs> all the new equipment, but. Yeah, um, exactly. I know I checked. My mic was on. It, it may have got bumped or something at some point in time, but maybe. it is all good. <laughs> so. Or maybe I um, talked too much at the beginning and you muted me and forgot to unmute me. <laughs> no. <laughs> that no. is your power now. I, it is my power. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was a fun, a fun one. I can't remember what we're talking about ne next month. But Disney, it'll be a podcast. It's, it, it's Disney Part 2. It is. That's right. It's the, the second Disney episode. Yep. So. 
uh, the, uh, the but negative yeah. aspects of Disney. Oh, it's good timing, too, because the Fox deal is about to go through. Yes, wow. it is. So. Cool. Uh, so, again, next week we're going to be talking about all new episodes of Supergirl, Arrow, and The Flash. And we'll see what they hold. Hopefully they're going to raise our spirits a little bit when it comes to these episodes. But only time will tell. But until next time, we will enjoy the rest of your week. And we'll see you guys around the bend. Take care. Peace.